Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Well, hello, Ginghamsburg family. It is a privilege and an honor to get to share with you today. For those of you who don't know me, as Dan said, my name is John, and I'm the online campus director here at Ginghamsburg. So a special shout out to all my friends joining us online today, wherever you are. I'm so glad that you're here. If you have not, please go ahead and hit like or share or subscribe or uh, drop your favorite emoji in the chat uh, whether you're on Facebook, say hi to Lisa for me, or if you're on Dot Church, give Bob your favorite emoji. Keep it fun for Bob back there. But I'm so glad that you're with us. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with our online campus, our online campus exists to connect people who may be on the digital fringe, like we, how we like to say, and connect them to Jesus using the power of the internet. It's amazing what you can do with the internet, right? And so we're constantly looking at how we can use the internet to connect people to Jesus. And one of the things we've just started looking into is how we can use virtual reality to accomplish that mission. And I've got a picture here I wanna show you. This is Pastor Rachel and Pastor Carl both having their first VR experiences this week. It's amazing what you can do with technology. Now our, our online campus is also a great way to stay connected if you're not able to be with us physically. Maybe you're on vacation, maybe your kids are sick, but it's a great way to stay connected with our church family. Now for some of you who may not know me, I thought I'd start with a, a rapid fire round of some fun facts so you at least kind of know who's talking today. So to start, I live in Greenville with my wife Chelsea who is the high school choir director in Greenville and uh, <laughs> there you go, you got a shout out. <laughs> And uh, we have a two-year-old daughter named Maggie. Now, one of Maggie's favorite things to do is to pose for pictures with her finger up her nose. That was from kids' ministry a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, but as soon as the phone goes back in the pocket, cheese. So I grew up on a multi-generational family farm outside of Goshen, Indiana, and uh, in my free time, I enjoy reading and singing and playing guitar, spending time with my family, especially my two girls. And uh, I will have been here at Ginghamsburg as part of the staff team one year coming up in May. It's hard to believe it's gone that quickly. But let me just say what an amazing place that we get to share together. I mean, this, is, this church is amazing, and I'm so excited to be here. So before we dive into the scripture today, before we uh, listen to what God has to say today, let's ask God to open our hearts so that we can hear together. So would you pray with me? Jesus, we are here in your presence today for one reason, and that's to worship you. We wanna learn from you. We want to lean into your heart for us. So we ask Holy Spirit for you to open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand what it means to trust you. God, we're listening for you today. So we love you, we trust you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, as you may expect, having grown up on a farm, that 4-H was a big part of my childhood. I was a 10-year 4-H member, and for seven of those years, I showed pigs as part of the swine club. And uh, so every year, every year when the Elkhart County Fair would begin setting up, I would get so excited, and I thought, this is gonna be the year. I'm gonna get to ride all the rides. And so, you know, I would look at the calendar and I would see when the wristband days were and I would start saving my money because I was like, yes, I'm going to get to ride the rides. And every year, you know what my parents told me? No, you are not riding those rides. Do you know how unsafe those things are? Every year I would get my hopes up only to be told no yet again, until I was about 10 or 11, and then I was like, eh, okay, thanks, Mom. But it never occurred to me when I was younger that my parents could see more than I could. So fast forward 25 years, and you better believe there is no way that I am letting my daughter ride anything at the great Dark County Fair, and when she's old enough, I'm gonna tell her the exact same thing my parents did. Those rides are not safe. They spend all summer being unloaded and set up and run nonstop for a week and then torn down, thrown back on a trailer, driven to the next county fair, and it happens all over again. There's no accountability for safety across the county fairs. Sorry to, no, I can't lie in church. If you're a fair ride lover, I'm just telling you how I see it. I, I, I'm not sorry, but you better believe when my daughter is old enough, I am going to buy her a Kings Island gold pass so that we can enjoy those thrilling and safety inspected attractions together as a family. But you see, there's a difference. I know that I can trust the staff of Kings Island to inspect every inch of track and every restraint on every ride vehicle of every attraction every single day. And even though I didn't always like it growing up, I knew deep down I could trust my parents. I knew they wanted what was best for me. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been told no when everything inside of you was screaming yes. Maybe all of the, the circumstances were perfectly aligned and you still got a no. Today's message is gonna introduce us to a time when Jesus kind of hit the wall in his own journey. He could see the cross ahead and it felt awful. He was panicked, he was experiencing, experiencing anxiety like he had never before experienced. Last week, Pastor Rachel spoke about Jesus' passion for inclusivity and what it means to invite anyone and everyone to the table. And so today we're gonna continue with this story immediately after Jesus and his disciples leave that table of the Last Supper. So if you have your Bible, you have your phone, your tablet, I would encourage you to join me in Luke chapter 22. And if you have your transformation journal today, the scripture is on the page dated Sunday, March 13. There's also a space for notes. If you do not have a copy of the transformation journal, please let our hospitality team know. We wanna make sure you get a copy of this today. If you're online, 
There's a digital copy available to download at ginghamsburg.org slash transformation journal. And if you would like a physical copy, let us know. Send us a message and we will get one to you. So let's begin reading here, Luke 22, starting in verse 39. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So Jesus is facing a major struggle. For the last three years, he has been grappling with the religious authorities, and those guys have had enough. They are done with Jesus. The people of Israel are seeking a political and military Messiah to deliver them from the Romans. Many, including some of Jesus' disciples, thought that Jesus was that kind of Messiah. Jesus knew it was time to lay down his life and, and knowing that this would bring his time on earth to a close. And he knew that in a matter of moments, one of his closest friends was about to betray him and hand him over to the authorities. So straight up, Jesus is in agony. It says in the scripture, his sweat was like drops of blood. What we are witnessing firsthand is Jesus surrender to the path before him and ultimately the call on his life. And let's be real with ourselves. When is surrender ever easy? Friends, the struggle is real. Anguish is real. Some of us have experienced these moments where we felt like we could sweat blood. You know the ones I'm talking about when you get the biopsy results. When your doctor uses the C word. At 2 a.m. you get a knock on your front door from a police officer. Your boss calls and says, I need to see you in my office at the end of the day. All of these things are out of our control. But let's be real, we've never been in control. Even when you think you are in control, I hate to break it to you, you're not. Control as the world defines it is simply an illusion. But this idea of everything being out of control is a struggle for us. You may not have wanted that reminder today. You may not have wanted me to open up that pain again. Your struggle with surrender, but I get it. We're a self-sufficient culture. We don't like to ask for help because we don't wanna be perceived as weak. And we sure don't want to give up any of our rights and freedoms because we live by the mantra, never give up, never surrender. But Jesus, the son of the living God, 
grappled with surrender to the point of anguish and exhaustion. He prayed, Father, if, there, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Jesus is asking God if there was another way a way out of the torment that he was about to endure. You see, in this moment, Jesus knew exactly what was to come, knew exactly what was ahead. He knew he was gonna be slandered. He knew he was gonna be betrayed. He knew that he was going to be tortured physically, emotionally. And yet with this full knowledge, Jesus still surrendered. Not my will, but yours be done. So what have I told you today that surrender is not weakness? What have I told you this kind of surrender that we're seeing from Jesus in the garden is the ultimate sign of trust? What if I told you that surrender, even when it hurts, leads to something far greater than control? Because you see, a surrendered life is an empowered life. A life of surrender leads to this unique empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. Remember, in the kingdom of God, it's the counterintuitive approach that's usually the best one, the one that honors God. In surrender, we find freedom from our own limitations, but Beyond freedom, beyond freedom, empowerment. Let's look at our scripture again. Verse 41, it says, Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Now, over the next several verses, over the next several chapters, we see that Jesus has opportunity after opportunity to refute every charge brought against him. He can defend himself. He can disprove everything. Jesus chooses to remain silent. This is because he is trusting in a bigger plan a much greater perspective of what needs to happen. And he's being strengthened and empowered to endure whatever is going to come his way. Now, living as a human, we will all undoubtedly face adversity and suffering of some kind. A surrendered life isn't a ticket to an easy life. Jesus never promises anyone it's going to be easy if we say yes to Jesus. We don't sign up for easy. And if this is what we're hoping for, what we've done is we've taken our prayers and we've put them in this little tiny box of limitation. We've limited our perspective of what God wants to do for us and through us. It's like my 10-year-old self wanting to ride the fair rides. I could see my little slice of 10-year-old life, of my childhood puzzle, whereas my parents had a broader view. They could see more. This is the human experience. Our limited perspective 
only allows us to see that little bit right in front of us, right on our block, right in our office at work. But God sees the entire 360 degree picture. When we surrender, we are opening ourselves up to God's great vision that sees so much more. Jesus was trusting his surrender through God's 360 degree view. And fast forward, and that surrender would ultimately yield an absolute cosmic shift that would shake up everything that came after. If Jesus hadn't surrendered his life and returned to God, think of all that would not have happened. Namely this, the Holy Spirit would not have come. Jesus said, I must go so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. Sure, Jesus could have stayed on earth, but Jesus also knew the exponential growth and life change that would happen if the Holy Spirit came after him and empowered his disciples to do the very work of God. This is what Jesus said to them in Acts 1.8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus could only be in one place at one time. But as soon as the Holy Spirit came, the disciples were empowered and the hope and the healing that came from that one surrendered life exploded around the world. When we begin to pray these not my will prayers of surrender, we are saying so much more than Jesus take the wheel. We aren't just throwing our hands up and saying, okay, whatever happens, happens. No, a surrendered life opens us up to new opportunities and new horizons that arise from the tomb of our own limitations. Praying this prayer opens us up to more, not less. It opens us up to the 360 degree, your kingdom come, your will be done life through God's lens. Our prayers of surrender will be the key to living this expansive life. We must be willing to take risks and jump further into what is being offered to us we know that there is something deep down, something inside of each one of us that longs for more, that longs to do something greater, longs to be something more. And that all starts with surrender. Surrender isn't weakness. Surrender is not a limited life. When we surrender, we open our lives to new worlds of possibility. We stop limiting ourselves to our own resources and our own reason and our own wisdom and our own limited viewpoint. In our moment of surrender, we open ourselves to God's greater will. We open ourselves to the limitless beauty and wonder and power that comes from God alone. And friends, the best way to tap into this empowered life is by following Jesus' command to the disciples in verse 46, when he says, get up and pray. Now, I know that might sound a little cliche, especially in church, but how often 
is the simplest answer, the best one. Get up and pray. I don't think Jesus began praying not my will that night in the garden. This was a developed behavior. Verse 39 says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. How many other times throughout the Gospels do we see Jesus getting up early in the morning or staying out late to pray? Jesus was strengthening his connection day by day and keeping his relationship with God strong. Jesus knew God. Jesus knew that he could trust God. Jesus was able to be real and honest with God, even to the point of asking if there is another way to do this. God, please, let's do this. Jesus said what he needed to say, but then he was able to walk into God's future, empowered for what was next, and all because Jesus was able to trust the God that he knew. If you wait to develop this habit of prayer, you'll be in deep trouble. You don't learn how to do something the best way in the thick of it. Think of it this way. You aren't gonna wake up on a Saturday in September and go, you know what? I think I'm gonna go run the Air Force Marathon today. No. If you wanna run the Air Force Marathon, you're gonna look at the calendar. You're gonna get on your phone. You're gonna look up a plan. You're gonna prepare. You're gonna train. You're gonna start with one mile and then two miles and eventually you'll be able to do all 26.2 miles. You're gonna follow that plan so when September rolls around, you'll be in shape and you can hit the ground running. Yes, pun completely intended. Yes, there will be times where you're thrown unprepared into a situation. But if you begin praying not my will prayers today, when you are faced with your next moment of crisis, it will be your first response, not your last resort. So today I wanna to introduce you to somebody very special to me, very special to our family. This that you'll see here on the screen is my big buddy, Jaden. Jaden is my nephew. And he will be three, this smiley happy guy will be three years old in July. And that is an absolute miracle. Because you see, Jaden was born 14 weeks premature. I still remember the day I was in my office and my mother-in-law called and she said, Vanessa is having the baby today, please pray. She hung up the phone. Jaden was born via emergency C-section and rushed immediately to the NICU at Dayton Children's Hospital. He was 12 inches long and one pound, nine and a half ounces. Our entire family quickly learned what it means to truly pray, not our will, but yours. Every day there was a new challenge, a new obstacle, a new struggle. And every day we prayed 
surrender prayers over Jaden's life. God, we are asking you for the swelling to go down today. God, heal Jaden's body. God, bring Jaden through this surgery. I could go on and on. But we learned and we knew that our will and our desires were not going to heal Jaden. Only God was going to do that. As I was preparing for this, I was talking with my family, and this is what my father-in-law said. You just have to surrender the whole situation to God. Put it out there to God and say, we are laying this at your feet to do your will. That's the most significant thing we can do. Surrendering it to God and saying, we need you. What's next is just another opportunity for God to be God. And then my mother-in-law said this, there's something about the depth of that time that allows you to have such a real and honest conversation with God. At times, I had to picture physically laying Jaden and his parents at the altar before Jesus. We've been at the point where we've prayed so fervently and so earnestly prayers such as, God, you didn't bring us this far to this moment to take him now. The depth of relationship that has been born out of this experience leads you to a different level of trust. Just recently, Jaden had to be admitted for seizures at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Some of you prayed for Jaden, so thank you. Thank you. But through that time, again, we said, God, not our will for Jaden's healing, but yours. Simply put, Jaden has changed the way our family prays and has changed our relationship with God. God's 360-degree perspective is so much better than anything we can imagine. Yes, we will face heartache. Yes, we will face pain. Yes, we will feel helpless along the way. Yes, we might suffer. But we can trust the God that we know, no matter what. There's a song that really captures this idea of what it means to surrender, what it means to put our trust in Jesus. So if you know these words, I'd invite you to just sing along with me today. If you've never heard this before, just listen. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you through this moment. And let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. All to Jesus I surrender all to thee I freely give I will ever love and trust you in your presence daily live I surrender all I surrender all all to 
Let me ask you, how are you praying today for the way of suffering, the Via Dolorosa that you will face tomorrow? How are you strengthening your relationship with God? How are you developing a trust in Christ that says, even if you don't fill in the blank, I still trust you? What would it look like for you to start praying a not my will prayer today? What would it look like to start earnestly praying not my will right now? A not my will prayer becomes so much more. It changes our perspective. It opens us up to the power and the possibility of God. So wherever you are, whether that's here at Tip City, wherever you are online, if you're able, would you just open your hands with me? As a sign of surrender, a sign of trust. And would you join me and let's pray this prayer of exchange together today. God, not my will, but your will be done. I surrender my weakness and ask for your strength. I surrender my limited perspective in exchange for your wisdom. I surrender my broken heart in exchange for your great heart of love. I surrender my confusion and anxiety in exchange for your peace. Today, I choose to walk the path of trust. I give you my job, my kids, my loved ones, and my life. Lord, hear our prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.